Blog Talk Radio. Laughlin. 
some of the bands are Cedar Hill, Cliff Wagner, and Old Seven, Old Number Seven, I should say. Lost and Found, Jerry Butler and the Blue Jays, Marty Warburton, Homegirls, and a whole bunch more. We don't have time to go through the entire list, but you can check it out online if you're in the area there of uh, Bullhead City, Arizona. You can get over there and check it out. It runs till I think five or six o'clock this afternoon, right across the Colorado River from Laughlin, Nevada, where they too have a lot of events, but next month, Bullhead has another one, the Bullhead Bash, coming up on Saturday the 7th, the day before our next show. It's an all-day street fair type of thing with uh, bands playing all day long, as well as vendors and other activities. Again, if you're in the area, take a break from the casinos, drop by, drive across the river, and join the fun, the Bullhead City Bullhead Bash. Also, a big hello to our new friends at the Old Town Saloon in Laughlin, one of the best barbecues you'll find on the Strip. They just started it last night, all made from scratch at the time of your order. None of this making it ahead of time, setting it on the shelves and let it get stale until it's ordered. You come in and order. You're going to wait a couple of minutes, but you're going to get it fresh and freshly prepared. And it, uh, believe me, you could overeat very easily there. And last night, they had a great show with a band from Las Vegas called Against the Grain, and we're hoping to get them on our show in the very near future, too. Good old rock and country band. So a big hello to our new friends at the Old Town Saloon, and let me tell you, the staff, the management, the kitchen people, everybody, really wonderful people, make you feel right at home. Also, a hello to our friends that uh, we met there last night from Radio Central, serving the entire Colorado River Valley from Laughlin Bullhead down to Lake Havasu City. Uh, Steve Greeley, the owner, and all the staff and guys and gals at Radio Central, which is four radio stations serving the valley, KJJJ-FM Country, KNTR-FM News Talk, KVYL-FM Timeless cool music. I think that's mine. That's that. I think that's that's my station. Timeless and cool. And also for you sports nuts out there, KNTR AM and FM, which is all sports. So a big shout out to Steve Greeley and all the gang at Radio Central, um, Bullhead Lake Havasu. Their offices, of course, are down in Lake Havasu City, and uh, we really enjoyed meeting and chatting with them. As a matter of fact, we got to. Uh, we got to talk on the air. I uh, got interviewed for a couple of minutes there and got to say hello to all our listeners along the valley here. Uh, great big, wonderful time. And another hello today. We got a bunch of them. We should be doing awards for our listeners. I want to say a big hello to all our friends across the pond in the UK listening to us on Reputation Shouts Radio as well as our listeners on iTunes, CMG Global Radio, 365 Radio, BFM Radio Networks. Great indie music all around the world, over 20 million listeners, and we're just going to keep on dishing up the best indie music we can get our hands on and bring you not only the music, but the people that make it. And today we've got another exciting show, a lot of people and a lot of music. So let's get right to it. And first up, before the Grammys, our first, the David Bowers Award this week. And we're going to present that to an old friend and boss of mine from years gone by. He's the creator and voice of Sirius Elvis Radio. 
for its entire 13 years. He created the show. He has been the voice and host of the show for its entire run and is going to keep on bringing us the best Elvis memories. Tremendous talent and really just a plain nice guy. And I can say that now because he's no longer my boss. Bill Rock of Sirius Elvis Radio. If you followed our posts on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and the other social medias, you notice that uh, every Friday and Saturday we'll advise you of what uh, Bill Rock is going to be presenting on his uh, Saturday Night Elvis show. And uh, we're going to keep on doing that. Enjoy it, especially you Elvis fans. If you watch NBC TV, you've heard his voice countless times doing the show promos in prime time. And you can read all about Bill, all his accomplishments, and his production services, too. It is well website, BillRock.com. Dot com, And I also, I'm remiss, I skipped over one when I was mentioning Radio Central down in Lake Havasu. I forgot to mention their website address too, www.myradiocentral.com, so you can find out all about Colorado River Valley Radio. John Bon Jovial, what have you got for us? Well, David, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I just want to let you know that if you want to participate in our show today, you can call into the David Bowers Awards at area code 347-945-7137. Again, that number for you to call us is 347-945-7137, or you can log into our chat room on Blog Talk Radio. Coming up on the David Bowers Awards, our latest indie artist, Fine, Starkhead Levy, Rockin' Michaela, and Jason Bittner, a name you may be familiar with. But first, just back from a Swiss tour with Gola for the new CD Mermaid Cowboy, Howard Bellamy of the Bellamy Brothers. David. Okay, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> looks like uh, I think uh, David may have gone to visit the little boys' room. Who knows? So I'm just going to kind of stretch, and I'm going to stall, because we know that Howard uh, is going to be joining us here uh, very quickly, uh, very uh, soon, and uh, we're going to be playing some music from um, their uh, new album, uh, Mermaid Cowboy. David, are you back? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm sorry terrible. about that. Okay. I was, uh, I was just checking uh, for Howard on the other line, who will be joining us momentarily. We're going to have at least one of the Bellamy brothers with us. And we're also going to give dish up some of the music from their latest CD, a thing called Mermaid Cowgirl, which I think you're really going to enjoy. It's, uh, it's a bit of a departure in some areas from some of the music they've done in the past. They, they, stretch, their, uh, they stretch their reach a little bit. They get a little funkier. Uh, there's a track or two with a little harder edge than you're used to hearing from them, as well as, of course, the typical Bellamy Brothers sounds. It's really an interesting album. I think you're going to enjoy it. And right now, we're going to listen to a track from it. Those that mind don't matter, those that matter don't mind If you hurt me with the truth, will you heal me with a lie? Words run like a river late in the midnight hour When the power of love outweighs the love of power So let your mantra flow down into my loving cup If you can't live it down, you might as well live it up It's not really clear if you're blessed or cursed why the good gets better, the bad gets worse. But all you gotta do is back the fuck up. Stop being so stubborn, and you'll have better luck. 
Just pretend, my friend, that you're driving a truck And when the road comes to an end, you better back the fuck up from the album, and they've got, uh, well, it's a 14-track album, and 
what I have is the European release, and so it's mostly in Swedish, so I can't read you the liner notes, but I can tell you what yeah, the titles sure. are. We can, <laughs> <laughs> we can do the titles. Uh, one, two, three, four is the first track, followed with I Will Hold You Up, which is a great cut. I like it. Mermaid Cowgirl, the title track from the CD. Feels Good to Be Alive. Rolling Thunder. Back the Truck Up. This Love. Jet Lag Journey. The Older You Get. On the Run. Summertime Heart. More Than I Could Say. Time Rocks On. And Adios Auf Wiedersehen, which is an appropriate last track on the cut. You're going to like it. It's a it's a really great album, Mermaid Cowgirl by the Bellamy Brothers, and it looks like we're having difficulty getting a hold of uh, getting connected with Howard. That's unfortunate because the boys are so much fun to talk to. Uh, we've had them both on the show, Howard and uh, David, and I really enjoy talking to them. I'm not sure what the problem is, but uh, what we'll do, because I know you didn't tune in to listen to us sit here and talk, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll play the other track from the album and hopefully uh, get the boys on after that. If not, we'll move on with the show because we've got a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of great music, and we want to get it all in. So here we go. These are, This is the title track, Mermaid Cowgirl, from the newest CD by the Bellamy Brothers and Gola. Coming back to me 
are the Bellamy Brothers from their latest album, the title cut, Mermaid Cowgirl. And uh, as you may have surmised, judging by our conversation prior to playing the song, we were having a little bit of difficulty getting a hold of Howard. And we have come to discover that they are having some difficulties on their end with their cell carrier. And we're hoping to get Howard on sometime during the show today. But if not, you know, he's been a good friend of ours for many years. And we know that we'll have him on in a future show. It's disappointing because I know that both David and I were very much looking forward to talking to him and discussing uh, some of the influences behind the new record. Uh, but we'll get him back on, and hopefully it'll be sometime during this uh, next uh, you know hour and a half that we have left on the show. Anyway, Dave, I was, it's up to you. Go ahead, take it away. Uh, I was uh, I was just going to say I, I, I really love the way they were able to incorporate. If you if you could feel it in the uh, in the uh, Mermaid Cowgirl, they really incorporated the old California beach rock sound into. The traditional Bellamy sound is really neat. The guys are, are, are really clever at being able to not only do clever songs with ca- clever catches in them, but uh, the sound that they create. I was I was really uh, really impressed with that, and I do hope we get to get them on the show. Our next up, though, we're going to have a our newest find on our indie talent search, a band from New York City by the name New York City. New York City! They're a band, not a salsa. (laughs) Get over it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to bring them on in just a couple of minutes. John, I think you've got a a couple of words to say uh, to earn our dollars, right? Well, yeah, you know, we've got to pay the bills around here somehow. And uh, if only we could be commercial-free, but alas... Uh, We love these people that sponsor us, and one of the sponsors for this fine program, well, is us. Uh, From the Shameless Commerce Division, and thank you, Click and Clack the Tappet Brothers, don't forget to award yourself the official The David Bowers Awards t-shirts. These are the only official t-shirts of The David Bowers Awards and are available only on our website at thedavidbowers.com, and that's B-O-W-E-R-S, thedavidbowers.com. We keep the price down by taking absolutely no profit from them. They are strictly for our fans and followers. They are high-quality T-shirts in black or white, ladies or men's sizes, and so please order now. Still for just $14.30. Order now. And uh, also, before we get back to the program here, just want to mention to you very quickly uh, that our engineer extraordinaire, uh, one Nicholas Rogers, uh, has a couple of things going. He's got uh, uh, wonderful um, musical talents. He's uh, a teacher at the Connor School of Music, and uh, also uh, he and his partners have a band called No Regrets. Oh, sorry, you know, No Regrets. Now, see, I have regrets for just blowing the name of your band. No hard feelings. <laughs> Shit, bad on me. <laughs> Anyway, Nick, sorry about that. No hard feelings. And if you are in the Southwest Florida area or over in Miami, uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale, and you're listening, uh, this is really one hell of a band. I've been to a few of his gigs, uh, been to many of them, actually, and uh, they put on a great show. Nick really is a very talented musician, and we're very fortunate to have him here as our engineer here on the David Bowers Awards. Uh, so Thank you very up, much, David. John. What you, what you got? Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial. We've got the band from New York City, known as Starcat Lovey. Here they are with how many? Oh, 
on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and Matt, the Dow reached an important milestone just a short time ago. Yeah, we've seen the Dow now.
Darkett Levy from New York City. The song's called How Many, and it gives you a clue right off the bat that this band is about more than just a simple sound, a little more complicated than a simple sound, and a lot more than simple lyrics. And on the line with us right now, we have from Starcat Levy, Noel. How are you this afternoon, Noel? Hey, David. Good to be here. You know, uh, from New York City. That's where we are, yes. The city that Absolutely. never sleeps but wakes up late on the weekends. What can I tell you? So, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> We're glad to have you with us. What does the name Starcat Levy mean? You know, it just mean kind of some of that. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it just sort of like popped out one day. I had a list of like all these names, and you know, then uh, we were talking about with my John John the Graz Graziano. We would, you know, just he just sort of blurted out the name, and we stuck with it. You know, um, <laughs> people sometimes call it Stark, Star, Starcat. You know, Levy. You know, so Starcat Levy is it, and. Um, you know, we have uh, we're like an alternative rock band with a hard edge. That's that's the way we put it. And that's the way we describe it. And some some good lyrics go behind that too. Yeah, I noticed you get uh, you get really deep into the lyrics, and uh, it, it, it's uh, uncomfortable for some people because you listen to the lyrics, you almost have to think. And uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> thinking music, good grief! What are you thinking here? Tell us about the band now. This is uh, this is the first time that a lot of us have heard of Starcat Levy, and uh, hey. like to know about the band. Yeah, I mean, you got to tune into the music and, and you know the lyrics a little bit, uh, but you know ultimately we're just trying to rock it. And um, we're for, like we said from New York City. Um, John and I, John Graz, um, we knew each other years ago, um, and um, he was a new a friend of ours came to New York um, a couple of years back, and uh, John and I uh, sort of hung out that day and uh, met up with our friend also, and then we decided to do some recording, get this band going, you know. Uh, and um, have a lot of material. Um, we laid down these tracks in his home studio, which is a good recording. It's done on a Mac Pro laptop, really. Um, some good equipment. Um, and he plays guitar uh, and some other instruments like bass and some keyboards. I have a training with keyboards and also play guitar, and I sing and write. And so we pulled this thing together and uh, put our CD out and uh, some about 10 songs on that. And uh, we're just trying to get some things going there and, uh, you know, express ourselves. Absolutely, and you're you're definitely doing that. Uh, tell okay. us about the CD now. So there's 10 songs on there, like I was saying. There's a little bit of a variety. Um, some of them, some of the songs have um, some dark edges, um, some grooves to them, uh, you know, sort of upbeat and, and um pretty much rocking out and some are a little bit a little bit diverse too what I was like I was saying um, some other types of sounds um, but you know they're all about uh, different things really some of it's personal some of it's political you know um, it's satire so uh, there's so many songs that really uh, we could choose from and you know continue with the recording um, this is our first stop we're going to stop with this and uh, really came out with it only about four or five months ago so we're just, you know, trying to get the ball rolling here and uh, get around. Absolutely. Speaking of getting around, you doing some road work? Well, that's the thing that I'm trying to plan out because I think it's important. You know, you got to go out there and uh, put on a show. 
Yeah, you got to get around people. I mean, that's, you know, interacting. Um, and uh, so hopefully I'm trying to get some kind of tour going uh, here or abroad um, and uh, build up, um, you know, sort of a network of uh, along the way also. Um, and I, I like to just go out there and perform. You know, I think it's so so good. It's a good feeling to be in front of people. Um and be able to feel it out that way and give it out that way and get, get a, you know, responses back. Um, you know, the, it's re- the interaction is really important. Oh, it is. It, it's, it's a major part, and it, it's really so good for everybody because the, the fans, the audience get to see you, to feel you, and be yeah. a part of your music, and you get to feel the audience and sense what's working and what isn't. There's, there's nothing that beats that feel of actually getting out there with the people. You can't do it in the studio. You can't do it anywhere but on stage in front of them. Yeah, I think that uh, it's always good to have airplay, of course. Um, people can hear music, can hear a song, can hear the music, and um, can really pick up on you know what you're about that way. But at the same time, when you reach people directly, yeah, you can put on that show also. And we have our video out about how many. Um, and I sort of you know put on a show there in some ways, try to be creative uh, through the video as a vehicle. Um, but of course, um, when you go live, um, also you're able to you know, make the most of it that way too, and connect. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's uh, wonderful to get a chance to talk to you. I love being able to expose uh, new artists that haven't gotten, you know, mainstream exposure yet. Uh, I think that's very important, and we're fortunate that we have we have a network around the world so we can get the word out and spread it to a lot of places in a short period of time. And it's great that you guys uh, take the time to come and be on the show with us today. We're glad to have you. What if, that means uh, what a lot. I been? think rock is... Uh... Uh, you know, sort of a lot of there's a lot going on in the background with rock these days. Um, you know, different radio stations and streaming. People don't get a chance to connect the way they used to with rock. Um, it, it's 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 not as in the forefront of things. Um, so it's good that you know you try it as a band to make different connections and find different ways uh, to do that. Uh, I think it's really important for uh, rock right now. It's, it's it's a little bit more not quite as centralized as it used to be. A little bit more scattered scattered and so uh you really just have to find those ways to keep the ball rolling and there's a lot of bands out there trying to do that at the same time absolutely and uh i can appreciate what you're saying yeah it is a uh it's kind of a double-edged sword with the way the situation is today because uh you you can get a lot of self-exposure that people couldn't get in the past because you can go online and be anywhere around the world like you are right now. But by the same token, it's up to the bands to do more and more of their own work because you're not doing the, the, the one goal of getting somebody to hear you and then a label is going to come in and do all the work to spread your word and your music around the world. You've got to do a lot of it yourself. And I know John Bon Jovial is standing by with a question of his own. John? Okay. I am here. I am actually. I'm sitting. I'm not standing by, but that's a really lame oh, joke. Forgive me. <laughs> I'm yes. actually. Standing I'm standing, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, and 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 I will let you stand for that too. I'm. Okay. What Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to know uh, 
Noel, what kind of um, media have you published on? Are you are you on the traditional media? Like I know you mentioned a CD, but uh, are you putting out uh, vinyl as well for you know those people that are more into the audiophile aspect of music? Uh, vinyl, um, yeah, th- yeah, we have uh, no, not vinyl right now. That'd be great. I think one of the problems with vinyl. And I think that's one of the ways the music business has changed, you know, because there used to be a record out there, a physical record that people had and, and an album and all that. And uh, it was just part of what people loved. Um, a lot of the companies that used to produce vinyl just aren't around and the facilities to produce it. It's, it's very limited. So um, I think it's tough to try to think about some kind of vinyl record at this point. You know, we're just trying to work through, you know, a lot of the ways with the, you know, with, with our CD and files and, and airplay and, 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 you know, social media like Twitter. We're pretty big on Twitter. Put out a video. So many of those elements are, are uh, in, in the forefront right now. Uh, vinyl would be great. I think if we um, certainly got a bigger, bigger name out there, um, we'd love to put out a vinyl, too. That would be great. It's a little bit more limited in the way things are going about it with that. Sure. Now, who plays the, uh, the song that we, uh, that we listened to uh, before the beginning of our conversation uh, how many? Uh, who who's playing the guitar on that lead guitar? Yeah, well, you know, our video. Um, John is playing the guitar. Um, he's a really good guitarist. He actually played with Mike Bloomfield quite a number of years ago. Who was just really phenomenal. Really? Yeah, yeah. And um, in fact, the guitar that he's using on that is black guitar. Ibanez was given to him by Joe Satriani. <laughs> so uh, you know, John has been around. He's playing guitar. He's good. He's actually produced um, our. Um, song there on our CD, you know, and like I said, his studio, um, that he has a lot of equipment, um, and um, he also has played the bass, um, you know, so two of us got together, and um, I also play keyboards, I also play guitar, not as well as John, <laughs> and uh, so... John has a lot of good chops, a lot of good ideas, and we tend to, when we get together, we tend to be, uh, you know, have a good creative um, uh, chemistry that goes on and creates our sound at the same time, you know, and able to... You know, I, I, yeah, I heard some influences in there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, you mentioned the keyboard, and, I, I, you know, I heard some shades of the Paul Butterfield Blues Band in there, and... Uh, and and uh, and and um, Al Cooper and uh, I, I tell you, it it it's a very you know, and I I know people hear me say this all the time on every show, you know, a very impressive piece of work, or that's a great song, or what's your muse for this? But I'll be honest with you, I was listening to this and can mm. uh, kind of getting absorbed by the repetitive humana humana, which is which is good. <laughs> I liked it, but but then all of a sudden it started to creep in and dawn on me. Hey, these guys are playing, you know, a real nice blues riff in the background there, and uh, I was, I was impressed with it. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a funky blues, uh, hard edge kind of elements going on in the song. Um, you know, like some of our songs, we got different, you know, elements of rock in it. You know, we've got a grunge edge, we got. Um, you know, even a couple on our CD. You know, we even got a couple lighter songs, um, ballad, but. Um, on that song, uh, we just try to, you know, each song sort of generates its own sort of identity in a lot of ways, you know, and there'll be more or less keyboard, there'll be more or less, you know, guitar, uh, but you always got to start off with some kind of theme, you always got to start off with some kind of riff, 
you know, and from there, a song develops. Um, and uh, they just sort of pop into my head a lot of songs. You know, how many was about struggling economy, taking advantage of corporate greed, you know, consumerism. You know, how many want? How many want? Like you go to a ballpark. You know, how many friends? How many? How many want? How many? You know, sort of spoof on all that, really. Um, but sometimes I just wake up. Me personally, I just wake up with tunes a lot, and I put them on my little, uh, you know, um, uh, voice recorder from my iPhone so I don't lose it. And uh, you know, then I got a lot of songs going on, like hundreds, really, like that. You know, just some tunes, and just develop them from there. So when you're trying to develop your own unique sound, are you? Um... Uh, trying to dig down deep into your soul, so to speak, or are you trying to think to yourself, well, who has influenced me uh, over the years? Have I been influenced by Stephen Stills or Al Cooper or even a band like Fine Young Cannibals? So, do you try to mix elements of that, or are you trying to completely divest yourself of that and be you know, something that is so unique that's never come along before? I, I don't yeah, know I if I'm verbalizing this correctly or not. I, th- I think it's just there's a lot of music that you know that penetrates into into bands um, and into into me, let's say, or John, you know, with, with our background. There's a lot of influences over the years that could span from classic rock to hard edge to, to metal, you know, um, and um, then they just it just sort of like manifests. Um, there are some bands that really just want to be one type of sound, you know, they want to like oh, I'm just into metal, which is fine, you know, they're the medal of honor, so to speak, you know. Um, I, we tend to be a mixture a little bit. I tend to be. Um, uh, I'm not really thinking about what, you know, what am I trying to do here? What am I trying to, you know, capture? Um, just letting a lot of the elements of rock seep in and express that in our in our own way. Um, and you got and, and and trying to be progressive about it at the same time. You know, that's what I think is important, you know, um, you got to keep going, growing and being cutting edge along those lines. And for every band that comes out, there's another one that's more cutting edge. So it's just, you know, bands feed off of each other, music feeds off of each other. And that's what we're trying to do really. I think the cutting edge is such an overused cliche. I mean, some bands truly are and others aren't. And, uh, in this day and age with the um, plethora of media that there is, it's really hard to determine, you know, who's being original and who's not. And mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't know if there is any more originality in music. Has it, has it all <laughs> been done? Who knows? <laughs> there's, a certain area, there, uh, there's a certain truth to what you're saying there um, with rock. Um, it's almost as if a lot has been said in the 90s, you know. Um, and so people are just um, – and it's true of other arts, too. You might say in, in painting there's it reached a certain point, you know. Um, you might say that in, in, in classical music, too. I mean, you just get to the point where, where do you go from here? Um, so I think bands, they just tend to listen to music rock, let's say. They, there's a lot of bands that are out there now, and they're 
perhaps interacting with each other. They try to create a sound. They're just getting together, creating music. And I think that that's the bottom line. You just want to create music. If you start thinking about, oh, I'm going to be original, or you listen to somebody say, oh, this is the most original band out, or, you know, um, that, that defeats the purpose, really. You just want to be able to express yourself. But, again, you know, you, you do want to have some originality to, to, you know, something unique or something that's going to give you an identity, you know. And that really comes from either yourself or getting together with people, that identity that develops. Okay, David. Yes, sir. Thank you, John Bon Jovial. And uh, before we go on any further, I do want to mention to our listeners that you can join us. And this is one of the benefits of this type of format, even though we run into some technical difficulties, as we did with the uh, Bellamy Brothers. Uh, you can join us online by going to blogtalkradio.com and logging in there to come into our chat room and chat with others and also ask us questions. And if you want, you can call Call in and ask your questions of our guests. The call-in number is 347, area code, 945-7137. It's the same every show, so you can write it down. And if you have uh, questions or comments for our guests or for us or uh, whatever, you can give us a call. 347 is the area code, 945-7137. Noel, it's uh, great talking with you and great learning uh, about another new band. Uh, tell us how the fans and followers can find you online. Yeah, I think, you know, we seem to be gravitated towards Twitter a lot these days. You know, it's really a lot of work to kill media. It's, it's almost, uh, some people say, oh, it really distracts from being an artist or a band, you know. Um, but we're, we're on Twitter, Starcat Levy, um, at Starcat Levy. Um, our uh, website is StarcatLevy.com if anybody wants to contact us. You know, message or tweet us, uh, follow us on Twitter. I advise that. We also have a website, info at starcatlevy.com. Um, that's a good way to get in touch. Um, and, um, you know, just want to keep uh, keep the interaction going, as I was saying, you know, and keep rocking, rocking up, you know. So that's good. And you are... you are definitely right. There's a lot of work going involved in, uh, yeah. in staying in the uh, the social media and we've talked about this before because it's an essential part of work that, uh, that you need to do and there are some that are really really into it i know uh the uh, old-time rocker jimmy clanton who's been doing it for well he's been doing it since the 60s uh he has a tremendous following because he does he works his social media he's online talking to the people you know, it's not a case of he's got a secretary that goes and does it for him. He takes the time to do it himself. And there are there are a few other artists that are doing the same thing. And it pays off because you interact. You're building more than someone that just likes your music. You're building a loyal fan and follower who's going to stick with you. And uh, he's going to go and tell his friends and, uh, you know, build your audience exponentially from within, which uh, yeah. is, is really important. Yeah, I think that you know, it's obviously part of the name of the game these days, you know, I just, for me personally, I, I, I you know, it, it, the more I spend on the computer, then my wrists start to hurt, my shoulders, my neck, you know, I'm telling so I, you know, I got to have a real kind of like, you know, use, use it, but don't go crazy on it either, you know, and, but I think, you know, you have to have some, some reality of um, technology these days is just part of, what it takes to uh, be involved with, with rock music and music these days. Um, 
but it, it can be distracting, I think. Um, it can take away from the, the, you know, from your ability to just keep recording and focus on your music. But, you know, you have to make use of different things the way, these are, the way things are these days. Right, it's and you're right. It it can be a distraction. It can interfere. Uh, it's a case of uh, time management. I guess is probably an oversimplification, but it comes down to uh, managing your time and your the things that you are going to do or need to do to be successful uh, in a career in any career really, especially in one where you're dealing directly with the public. I think that was a a, a very good point. Tell us about. This next song we're going to play, which is called okay. Rock Up the Hill, which gives yeah. me, uh, I, you know, when I first heard how many, I had the same thought that you mentioned. Uh, you know, the, uh, well, the one image that came to me right off was at the ballpark. How many hot dogs? How many beers? You know, and on and on. And this one, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the title, I immediately thought of Sisyphus. What's the story of Rock Up the Hill? Rock up the hill is just like the struggle, you know, for identity. You know, just trying to achieve your goals and dreams, and and you know how how much you know we really have to keep pushing at it. Um, you know, you, you just can't give up. Uh, you know, you, you know, some days you can feel like you're losing it, and some days you know you're on a roll. You know, but um, that's what Rock Up the Hill is about. Every day, you know, and I always hear people talking about that a lot. Even on Twitter, they're always talking about follow your dreams. You know, keep going. It's like um, that's what the song's about. Um, just hanging in there, and uh, I think we're in this society. We're under so much pressure, really, to. Uh, you know, succeed and, and earn a living and uh, and express yourself. You know, if someone someone said uh, it's it's not about uh, life's about creating yourself. You know, and um, so that's what Rock Up the Hill is about. You, you know, you can write a, a lot. There's a lot of songs like that, and that, you know, and the, the theme of self identity, self struggle. I mean, that could you can write a lot of songs about that. You know, and it often that's what a lot of rock groups do. Well, obviously, a lot of thought has gone into your writing uh, and uh, a lot of yourself, uh, both as an individual and as a uh, as a band, and it, it shows up in the lyrics and uh, to your music. We're going to play this cut right now. We're going to thank you very much for joining us here today, Noel. Do you have any uh, do you have any plans for another CD coming up in the near future? Well, like I was saying earlier, definitely have a lot of songs. Uh, this is a matter of John and I getting together and putting out, you know, another CD. I mean, you know, we can do it. It takes time. Um, you know, I got to get over to his place, and you know, we're, we're busy, and he's busy with other things too. Um, so, hopefully, we will come out with something soon because you can come out with your songs, and then you just gotta. And that's what. Bands always have done in the past. They come out with one thing, then they got to put out another song and another record and another album. You know what I mean? So um, definitely have to do that anyway. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that soon um, and uh, keep expanding. Great and great to have you with us again. Thank you, John, uh, Joel, and uh, hello to all the guys in the band. We'll look forward. Keep touch. We're looking forward to having you back on the show in the near future. This is Starcat Levy and. It's called Guys. Rock Up the Hill. Thanks a lot.
Okay. Hey, Michaela, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, and I, for whatever, I'm not sure what happened here, but I don't know if Dave is there or not. His mic is showing live, but I can't hear him. Could you hear him at all? No, I couldn't. Oh, that is really weird. Okay. Well, I yeah. apologize for for what happened there. Hey, lady, it is good to have you back on the show again. How have you been? I've been so good. I'm so glad to be back on the show. Oh, it is. Well, look, you know, you've always been one of our favorite guests because you are always so upbeat and you're always in such a good mood. And it is just uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. So uh, tell us about this, uh, the, the, the song that we just played called uh, uh, called Quick Rick. What What's the deal with that? <laughs> Quick Rick is like if ZZ Top met Miranda Lambert and had a love child, his name would be Quick Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I love to write songs that tell a story, and what inspired me was actually the new Western TV series I've been cast in, that Old West type stuff, the outlaws, no rules, um, just bad boys living like Jesse James. <laughs> bad asses living like Jesse James. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you say that because you're always sitting out there on the edge, and I, that's one of the things that I've always liked about you. So... Tell me, what's been going on in your life lately? Well, lately I have been getting ready for my fire tour, which will kick off this spring. Um, my fire tour is a show full of sight, sound, and sensuality. Um, so we'll be releasing dates for that very soon. We've been testing out new material in small clubs, preparing for that. But it'll be filled with original hits and classic rock covers that everybody loves, like Joan Jett, I Hate Myself for Loving You, which I actually just released that cover. I did a recording of. Um, Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, which I also just did a cover on. And those two are both available on my website for free downloads. And, uh, and now, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's, what's the website? <laughs> you you got to tell us what you just mentioned it. What's the website? Oh, it's v2drecords.com, and you'll just go to the music download section and go into my store, and I actually have several free downloads available. Oh, that's good. That's good. I hope everybody's yeah. going to do that. So, so, so tell me more about the tour. Where do you think you guys are going to be uh, heading to? Are you going to be heading to Arizona or Florida? You better believe it. I'm coming to see you guys. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, going to be great. We're looking forward to it. I am, too. We'll be kicking it off here in South Carolina and head up, you know, the East Coast, North Carolina, New York, uh, Midwest, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, and then we'll head out west, come see you guys. We've also had invitations to come to England, uh, the Netherlands especially, uh, Germany, Russia, Scotland, Israel, um, the list goes on, so we're trying to work out all those dates as well. So it's going to be a very busy year. <laughs> well, uh, it, that would that's fantastic. I mean, it, it sounds like things are starting to fall in place for you guys. I know that uh, you know for a long time now you've been making some real quality music, and it looks like uh, that you guys are starting to get some recognition. Yeah, you know, it's so nice when you've spent so many years working hard and it finally starts to pay off. 
You know, our whole goal when I teamed up with B2B Records was to try to change the industry as much as we could. You know, instead of releasing albums, everything's going digitally. So we wanted to release singles every 30 to 45 days, keep the fans on their toes, experience something new and exciting every month. Um, So that's what we've been doing, and people really like it. And then, you know... um, I got cast in the Big Sky, the Western TV series. Well, yeah, um, I see on our notes here that's, that that you're gonna that you're gonna be doing a, a little bit of television. Please tell us about that. Yeah, you know, I will be playing the part of Rebecca Mooney. Um, I'm a mercantile's daughter. My parents will be John and Bessie Mooney, played by Gary James Severs and Sheila Cochran. So we run the mercantile store in our Big Sky town. Big Sky has been in development since 2013. Um, It's set in, like, the 19th century, and it'll be a classic Western epic that the whole family will be able to watch together, like Bonanza or Little House on the Prairie feel to it. So So it's going to be – What's that? I was going to say, since it's called Big Sky, is, 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 is it based in Montana? You know, we are looking for locations, but Hello. California is actually top of the list. Yeah. Hello. Well, that's good. You know, I just I just heard a hello. I think Mr. Bowers is back with us. Yeah, I'm uh can you hear me all right now? Hey. I can hear you fine. Michaela, can you hear David all right? There he is. Yes. It's about yeah, time he showed up. <laughs> I, I, I went and said hello to Michaela back to, you know, off air, and uh, then for some reason I could hear you guys fine, but I couldn't, you couldn't hear me. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you saying, yeah, I'm here, and you're saying, hello, David, are you there? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I lost everything, <laughs> but I'm glad to be back. <laughs> We're glad you're well, here. I, you know, glad I, you could join I, us. We, we could say something to the effect that you lost it long ago, but I, you know, that'd be crass and crude, and I won't do that. <laughs> no, you would never be crass and crude. <laughs> well, we were just talking about the uh, the upcoming tour. We're talking about uh, her her new program, Big Sky, and uh, and and uh, this young lady from the the Carolinas is really going places, Dave. Oh, absolutely! You can you you can tell just by the momentum she's been building up. Uh, well, in the time I've known her, which is what about a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, we've known each other for quite some time now. Yeah, and uh, it, it just it just keeps building each one, each release. And this is something I wanted to talk to you about uh, because uh, we were just talking to Noel of the band from New York City, and uh, they're talking about you know doing their album and their getting material together and they've got enough material they're looking for another album and you're doing something a bit different in the way of releases instead of waiting to release an entire album you're doing about what about a release every month and then maybe later compound it into an album but you're doing a, a new release about every month aren't you right right our main focus at B2D, instead of, you know, creating a couple hit singles and then the rest are just fillers on an album. And so people are buying this album, you know, wasting money for the singles that they really want to listen to. And everything's moving digitally, so people just go and download the hit, hit songs that they want. Um, I actually saw on TV this morning that album sales have dropped 11%. And the streams 
have gone up fit like 55 percent in 2014. Yeah, so, that's true. The album sales yeah. are dropping. Streaming and downloads are going up. Right, and actually, rock music is the most popular. Rap is second, and then pop and country. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really innovative. Everything's you know moving digital downloads. And more and more people are doing the same thing that I'm doing. It's it's catching on. Yeah, you know yeah. the innovation is great, but uh, you know, but isn't it making it a little bit difficult though to, uh, you know, to to actually make money uh, from this type of technology? I mean, it's great, it's convenient. You know, if I want to download a Michaela song or a John Denver song, I can easily do that, or I can go to YouTube and listen to it. But how, Michaela, how are you as the artist going to make money? You know, um, the main focus is kind of going back to how it used to be where you made all your money touring. Um, back in the day, they had the A and the B side on the records, and so it's kind of like releasing singles back then, um, and then you make your money off of the touring. So I, I, I'll be the first to admit it. Um, I like to have the music in the fans' hands, um, but like Taylor Swift taking her music off of Spotify, people stream for free, so they're not going to buy music when they can just stream it for free. So well, the best we can yeah. hope that you'll come out to a show and we enjoy making the music. If I have yeah, to they, go flip cards, there's something. Yeah, Yeah, you deserve a break today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess you have to have the love of of your work and put that first and foremost before the thought of making money, and hopefully the money will follow as a result of exactly. your obvious love of the product. Exactly. I mean, as long as you're doing what you love, it's not work. Everybody always says that. Um, obviously, we do have to make money. So, <laughs> you know, the money has come from the touring and you know, merchandise, which everybody has. And I'll also have a – I'll put together a CD for my tour of my, like, greatest hits kind of type. And eventually we'll have that for sale too. So it's kind of the same thing, but making that option available to people, I think, is important in this world of digital technology. <laughs> well, I guess I'm old school because I still like to uh... – take a look at the CD, or actually I prefer, and I guess I am a dinosaur, I prefer getting an LP out and actually being able to read the liner notes and get some background information on the artist. And with the streaming media like it is today, you can't do that. Uh, I totally agree. I love having an album and flipping through the pictures, hearing the background story, um, and you got the lyrics right in front of you and everything. I do I do miss that. It's just the Internet has made it quite impossible, especially for independent artists. I mean, it's one thing if you're a major artist and you're out there, you're on the television, you're on the, you know, FM radio stations, you're out there so people know who you are. But for independent artists, you know, they've made it impossible um, to make money from it um, and get known. So that's one of the good things about the Internet and the streams is that people are finding out about you before you even go on tours. So. 
Oh, it's made it very easy for artist recognition. Uh, not so right. easy for income, but re- artist recognition, absolutely. David, what are right. your thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree, but you've got to take into consideration a lot of it goes back to uh, comfort level and familiarity. I mean, we were raised, I mean, we are dinosaurs to the electronic age. We were raised in an era of, uh, well, the very tail end of the 78 era, but it was uh, plastic 45s and plastic albums. And this was our norm. And a lot you can go, uh, you can compare to cell phones, computers, whatever. Uh, This was our norm and what we were accustomed to. So the newer technology, while neat and exciting, was just that. It was new and to a degree alien to us. Now, the children today, the generations today, they're growing up where this, you know, the digital stuff, the streaming, the downloads and everything, this is the norm to them. Uh, 45s and 33 and a thirds, not to mention 78 RPM discs, uh, that's antique. I mean, that's generation ago, uh, two or three generations ago. That is to the kids today, you know, what the old... uh, the old phonograph and the cylinder disc players were to us. They were something you read about in the history books. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot that relates to uh, the norm and convenience. Uh, kids today, they're growing up to where the, uh, the technology of the digital downloads and streaming is the norm. This is something that they just accept because it's the way it is for them. So you have to you have to keep that in mind, and it's why that even when we look at a lot of this as new and in some cases uh, challenging, like for example our uh, whatever our technical difficulty is today, uh, it's a challenge to us. But still, this is something we have to adapt to if we're going to move forward. Otherwise, we become part of the past. Right. So exactly. Dave- Dave, are you saying then that, uh, because you mentioned the cylinder player, are you saying that when you were 16 or 17 and sitting around smoking a joint and getting high with your friends (laughs) that you were grooving to a cylinder player? Are you really that old? (laughs) No, I didn't quite mean it that way. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. (laughs) I think that was like more when I was four or five, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, actually, when I was when I was in grade school, I did seriously have a friend who had uh, picked one of those up somewhere. I don't know from his grandfather or something. And uh, so back in the uh, well, long ago in the galaxy far away, I had a friend that I went to school with who did have one of those cylinder players. And I tried to buy it from him for a couple hundred dollars, which I didn't have. I don't know what I'd have done if he said yes, but he didn't. He refused to sell it. So, but uh, I did come close to having one of those. <laughs> Mikhail, I'm sorry to steal your thunder, but I just could not resist giving him that dig. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I doubt if there were many people sitting around smoking joints listening to cylinder players. <laughs> and for those of you listening who don't know what a cylinder player is, it's an old-fashioned form of a phonograph where the the etching that is cut into a, phone, a record groove, and now it's merely an electronic track on a uh, disc, but it was etched into this round cylinder, kind of like an enlarged uh, toilet paper roll, and it was... Uh, <laughs> 
oh, probably what it was what three eighths of an inch thick. It wasn't quite half an inch thick, I don't think, but it was this big black uh, ceramic disc, uh, tube-like, and this was put on a spindle that rotated it, and you lowered a needle onto it, and that's what played uh, that's what played your music back before the phonograph was invented. And you can you can look it up online. Look up uh, a disc player. Uh, I know they have them at the Smithsonian. I'm sure other uh, museums have them too. It's really interesting technology. Uh, really interesting to look through the history of what we are now basically doing away with. Everything is electronic and digital. I've never seen one of those. I'm going to have to look that up too. Yeah, they're. Uh, an interesting part of uh, of music history in insofar as the playback uh, the playback efforts are but enough about that we're talking about you and your exciting career now you've had a string of singles out now you've got uh, another one that was just released which we're going to be playing in a few minutes assuming that uh, our modern technology actually works and you've got another one you've got another one coming out uh, i believe what the 28th of this month um, the 14th of uh, this month, Valentine's Day. That's my oh, big news. Well, I was I was close. Uh, some, I don't know where I got the 28th from, but it's coming out on Valentine's Day. Right. Yep. Fantastic. It's um, an original single called Wake Up Sex. Um, it's going to be in conjunction with the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, which is my favorite book series. Um, like the book, the song is very hot. I was very inspired after reading the series. <laughs> um, <laughs> the music is like a dream. It's got angelic harmonies, and um, the storyline is a fantasy coming true. So I don't want to give away too much, but if you like the Fifty Shades of Grey series, you're going to love this spicy, sexy song. Well, I think I think you should have a success there because I – I've picked up a rumor somewhere that there is a fair amount of uh, audience out there that do like the Fifty Shades of Grey, so I, I think you might be on to something there. And this comes out This comes out February 14th, Valentine's Day. How do they find this to obtain it? Go to the V2DRecords.com website, and that's V with the number 2D, records.com. Um, you can also go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash rockinmichaela13, um, Twitter at rockinmichaela13. And that's lucky 13. How did you pick 13? That's actually my birthday, but it is my lucky number. <laughs> ah, well, we we share something there. It's not my birthday, but I've always considered 13 a lucky number. I don't know if it's because I really think it's a lucky number or it's just part of my rebellious attitude. Everybody thinks it's unlucky, so I'm going to be different and say it's lucky. But whatever it exactly. is, it's always been considered a lucky number. <laughs> but that, yeah. Uh, I was actually born a, on a Friday the 13th. So really? very unlucky. <laughs> actually, well, uh, it's well, very lucky, yeah. While we're talking Watch about that, I, that uh, I had a uh, I have a daughter who was born on uh, Friday the 13th, too. So. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. My number two daughter yeah, is, is a Friday the thirteenth baby. But uh, okay, now are you uh, are you planning on putting uh, these uh, tunes that you're releasing monthly? Are you planning on making an album out of them? You know, I will for my tour. Um, I'm going to put like my greatest hits on one CD, and I'll sell them um, at my shows. Um, later on down the road, we'll have them available 
for purchase on the website. Um, and hopefully in stores, if they haven't totally done away with it by then. Um, I know, <laughs> like, uh, last year, I believe it was, Target um, didn't pick up Beyonce's new album. Um, so we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> Everything's yeah. going digital. So. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what does happen because you've got uh, you've got all the different angles being played out. You've got stores cutting back on their actual stock of of hard case uh, uh, CDs, and then you've got artists uh, who are refusing. Some some are going out and really getting into the digital, and then you've got others that are refusing, and some are going with some outlets and other artists uh, you can only buy their music exclusively at one chain uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out over the next few years definitely we're becoming a part of history right now history in the making it is definitely every bit of that now i also know that while i was fumbling around there when i got disconnected or whatever happened uh you were talking about your tour when does that start now I'll be releasing dates very soon. Um, our tour is going to kick off in, in the spring this year. Um, through the summer and kind of playing things by ear um, because at some point um, we'll be shooting the TV series. So kind of leaving things open-ended with that. I'll continue to tour. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's you led right to where I was going next, and that was talking about this exciting thing. You have a TV series that you're a part of. It's a Western series that uh, is coming up in the very near future. Uh, I know you were telling me that uh, your production, the production company, is really hoping to be able to do all, most if not all, of the uh, of the location shooting in California. Yeah, definitely, definitely hoping hoping to. Uh, location hasn't been chosen totally yet, um, but yeah, California is definitely top of the list, and I can't imagine why not because all of the amazing western towns that are there. Um, oh, there's yeah, you're right. There's so much of it in California. I know. I've uh, being an old western fan, I've covered a lot of it. Uh, the uh, the town where. Uh, Dr. Quinn was shot, which is up in the uh, up in the Hollywood Hills, up above. Uh, oh, I'm going brain dead there for a second, but it's up to, <laughs> above Thousand Oaks, and uh, in the uh, Santa Monica Reserve. As a matter of fact, I got to go up there and watch them shoot an episode of Dr. Quinn one time. That's a, a beautiful natural location there, and the state of California is just filled with natural locations. I know John and I have uh, been up to Lone Pine. As a matter of fact, John lived up there for a while, which is a historic movie location there. They've been shooting there since the 1920s. And uh, every Western artist who ever was has shot in Lone Pine at one time or another. There's a place called Movie Flat Road there that is just a collection of hundreds of different locations, all within about a two-mile stretch of the valley with Mount Whitney in the background. You talk about idyllic and picturesque. It's uh, Anybody interested in westerns and old movies, check out Lone Pine and the Lone Pine Film Festival uh, because that's a, an amazing area there, which I know you've seen. It's been, in all, it's been in Star Trek, Star Wars, as well as the old westerns. Tremors was shot there. Uh, uh, 
so many movies that it defies description. But, yeah, you'll definitely have some great locations. If you can get through the politics and everything to shoot in California, uh, you're going to find everything you need there. Can you tell us a little bit about the plot line, what the story is about? Yeah, you know, Julie Bumgarner is the CEO, creator, and executive producer, and the writer. Um, the elements of Big Sky are actually inspired by real-life experiences of hers. Um, Rick Valentine is the co-creator. He's the writer, music composer. Um, Rick composes music for many shows and scores, and you know, music for many movies as well. Then we have Diane Turner, the casting director, producer, Dennis Anderson, producer, uh, writer, Donna Messer, and Janie Hughes, among others. Um, the team of Big Sky consists of numerous successful and talented individuals dedicated to making this epic show a reality. Um, and I was talking earlier, I will be playing the part of Rebecca Mooney. I'm a mercantile daughter. My parents, John and Bessie Mooney, are played by Gary James Sievers and Sheila Cochran, and our family runs the Mercantile Store in our Big Sky town. Um, Big Sky has been in development since 2013, and the storyline is set in the 19th century. And it will be a classic Western epic that the whole family can watch together, like Bonanza, um, Little House on the Prairie. Um, it's loaded with plot twists cliffhangers, you know, every exciting episode will leave the viewing audience sitting on the edge of their seats, waiting till next week's show. <laughs> um, uh, and the cast, this is amazing. The Big Sky is assembling a huge cast um, that's working together. It's one big family. There's 150 cast members so far um, across oh, the wow. USA. Yeah, and that's just the beginning. Um, the cast consists of Native American actors portraying traditional and non-traditional roles, and it also includes retired, reserved, and disabled American veterans. Oh, so fantastic. very excited That's... about that. Um, we have A-list actors interested in Big Sky, including Matthew McConaughey. Oh, <laughs> We're all very excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, they've, they've already That's... have a two-part pilot, and the storyline has already been written. So, very, very that soon. Sounds <laughs> we'll like we're going to have a good reason to have you come back and visit us real soon. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Big, you know, okay. Big Sky has been growing an enormous amount of support um, as more and more people learn about the production. We've reached over 12,000 likes on our Facebook page in only two months. Which oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> historical <laughs> in that. Um, so be looking out for this show. It's going to be amazing. And if anybody wants to learn more about the TV show, you can go to BigSkyTVShow.com and Facebook.com slash BigSkyTVShow. Uh, we also have a town newspaper full of fascinating stories. It's the Big, Big Sky Post on Facebook and Twitter at the Big Sky Post. And all those links are available on the main website. Fantastic. Michaela, it's yeah. so nice of you to come and spend some time with us this afternoon and spread your news and uh, joy and music. We're going to play another cut, which I believe, if I've got this straight, this is your current hit, and uh, it's preceding uh, Wake Up Sex, which comes out on Valentine's Day. This is called Pretty Little Liar. This is your current yeah. single, correct? 
Okay, yes. we're going to play that now, and we're going to thank you so much for coming and joining us today. We look forward to having you back here real soon. You do keep in touch, you hear? I definitely will. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Thank Thanks, you. Michaela. This is Pretty Little Liar. You. You pretty little Okay, a little pregnant silence there. We uh, <laughs> try to thrive on doing that from uh, occasionally. Uh, Dave, you still with us? 
Yeah, I am. I think somebody forgot to turn my microphone on that time, but uh, we're we're here. I oh yeah, make me the heavy. Make me the heavy. Uh, well, I, I just spoke with Mr. I just met somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just spoke with Mr. Bittner, and he's chomping up the bit to get with us, and so. I'm going to let you go ahead and do the particulars and the background and all that. And uh, in case people don't know who Jason Bittner is, I kind of find that hard to believe. But nonetheless, take it away, Mr. Bowers. Hi, thank you so much. And we'll get right to it. We have Mr. Jason Bittner, who has some great news, uh, joining a legendary uh, metal band. And we're going to play one of his cuts from his current and previous band, a group called Shadows Fall. This is Jason Bittner and Fire from the Sky.
And there you go. That's Fire from the Sky. And that was Shadows Fall with our next guest, Mr. Jason Bittner, who is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's still at the Sky Harbor Airport now, as we speak. You there, Jason? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> How are things at the airport today? Things are fine at the airport. We've now transferred drivers, so at least I'm in the passenger seat now, not trying to totally multitask on this. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, listen, you have had, you've had one hell of a year uh, between your work with Shadows Fall, the other stuff you've been doing. You, uh, If I'm not mistaken, you picked up a new affiliation for equipment, and now uh, the joining of the uh, of Flotsam and Jetsam. Tell us about this year you've been having. It's actually been like the last two years. Um, the, we've kind of been, my whole career sort of has been in a state of flux really for the last couple of years, to be quite honest with you. Um, Shadow Falls, you know, Fire from the Sky was released in 2012. So, you know, that that year kind of brought some changes because we had a, a you know, departure from touring. We weren't touring nearly as much as we, we should have been for that record. That was partially due to bad management and, bad booking agent, but what are you going to do? It's the same old song and dance. Every band goes to it, unfortunately. Um, so it left me to the summer with nothing to do until Charlie Benante heard his band and called me up to fill in for Anthrax. So I spent the whole summer being an Anthrax, basically, and then going on and doing the fall Canadian tour because Charlie was still laid up. And then literally, like, two months later, Charlie comes back to the band, Rob Caggiano quits. Next thing you know, John, our guitar player, is an Anthrax. So there was a period of time within a year that there was someone from Shadows Fall at Anthrax, regardless of if it was a drummer or a guitar player. So now with that being John's full-time gig, it kind of puts Shadows Fall on the back burner. And with Brian wanting to stay home and raise his kids, that furthers that, that statement. So we were really wondering what we were going to do, so we kind of just agreed to go on this hiatus. Now, the band said that, never said that we were going to break up, you know, everybody still talks to each other. We're all still friends. We just can't work together at this time. It's just impossible. With John being in, in, in Anthrax and now with me in Flotsam, and now it's just was just announced that Matt, our guitar, the guitar player, Matt Sean, is now playing bass in a new band with uh, Chris Broderick and Sean Grover from Megadeth. So the three guys that literally wanted to stay out playing are still playing, and the other two guys that wanted to stay home with their families are home with their families. So right now it, it, it's kind of perfect. So I dabbled a little bit with the next year with Toxic, and that was a lot of a lot of time spent, um, which was fun. It was great for me musically, and I got to go to Europe and play some shows, and it was a lot of fun. But it was also a little a little uh, I'm not I can't even find the right word for it. A little un unsatisfying because I I felt that I put way too much work in and didn't get enough out of it. So it just kind of, it got to be a point where I just had to get out of the situation. Um, it was nothing personal. I love all the guys and I wish them the best of luck, but it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with anymore. Um, when, when I put my heart and soul into making the record, I expect that record to come out. And when I tracked drums in 2013 and it's gotten 15 and there's still no record coming out, that begins to, you know, be upsetting. So, you know, I just, it just—it was just—it was a stopgap in time, and and now it seems like everything's off to a, a great start. Because now I'm in a band with a, a bunch of great dudes that want to make a great record. So everybody's on the same page, and that seems to be what we're doing. Well, so fantastic! There you go, 2015. <laughs> fantastic. 
Now, we haven't heard an awful lot out of Flotsam and Jetsam recently. What have they been up to? Um, they released an album called Ugly Noise in uh, 2012. 2012, um, which was basically a return to most of the uh, original guys in the band, aside from bass player. They still had Jason Ward playing bass, but it was everybody who was in, you know, the lineup that everybody knew from back in the day that Tim Davis and Steve and the No Place lineup. So I said it's back to Jason Ward, which it was basically the Quattro lineup, which was, uh, that was a, a great record and a great comeback record for them. And uh, I was happy that I was involved in that to, to a little bit of extent because as I stayed in the press before, Kelly, their you know, original drummer and I are, are extremely close and we've been friends for years. So it was nice to, to be in the sidelines too and hearing the, I, well, I shouldn't say this, but hearing the demos before other people heard them. <laughs> so it was kind of like kind of in the sidelines of the band for a few years now. It's kind of cool. Um, so it was a great it was a great return to form for them, and they went out. And they did some touring last year. They uh, last few years they uh, went overseas to the tour, did a did a you know a, a long tour with them, and did a big tour in the states, definitely an overkill, and started to reestablish their ground again. And did some some headlining dates later uh, later on in the last few years. Now we're just uh, right now. I think the focus is to get this album done and, and get get out there and do as much touring as we possibly can. I mean it's uh, it's tough out there. But there's still a desire for us to quit, so that's that's why we're here and still doing it at at, at this uh, point in our lives. All right, and you you got if I remember correctly, you told me uh, you guys are just coming together. That's why you're at the airport. You guys are coming together. You've got the, you've got rehearsals lined up today too, haven't you? Uh, yeah, we're rehearsing in an hour and fifteen minutes actually. <laughs> and what's yep. what's the What's the plan for the album? Is there any targeted time that, uh, I mean, are we looking at the spring, summer, fall? Do we have a, an idea yeah, when the well, album will be? We're looking for, yeah, we're looking for as soon as possible. Right now the plan is we have about uh, 12 songs kind of right now that we're, we're getting through within the last uh, production period we've had. And uh, we want to try to get another five together. We want to hopefully, you know, go in the studio and maybe even be able to cut two albums at the same time. Um I start tracking March 12th, so we start the recording process in, in, in about a month from now. So whatever so happens can, from there, you know, it's, we're going to get this out as soon as possible. We already have European tours lined up this year. There's a potential U.S. run that's being talked about right now for the summer as well. So I think the idea is for us to get it done and get it out as soon as possible so we can support it with the touring. You could definitely call that imminent, and I know we, we had hoped we might yeah. have a... Uh, We'd hope we might have a track for today. We weren't able to do that, but uh, maybe we can get you back here for the release of the album. Get you get Absolutely. all you guys together. That would be That'd great. We have you have you come back on, release the album, play some uh, play some tracks off the uh, new album when it's ready. We definitely Absolutely. look forward to that. What other than the album uh, are you guys planning any touring? Yeah, we have. Uh, as I said, we have a couple European runs set up for. Uh, May and June, May to June, and then we're going back in June and July. Play some festivals that we have lined up. We're playing the Bang Your Head Festival. We're playing uh, a couple other ones that they haven't made the formal announcements yet, so I don't want to announce anything yet before they make the announcement. We're going to be playing some some pretty cool festivals with a lot of a lot of really good bands, so we're we're excited for that. And then if we do, you know, if we do the run in the summer in the states, it's going to be you know a headlining you know, small club tour. 
we'll be sure to keep us in the loop because we'd like to know about it, and we'd like to be able to spread the word for you as soon as uh, as soon as it's cool to spread the word. We don't want to spread Absolutely. any leaks. <laughs> but, we appreciate uh, that. Yep, definitely looking forward to that. And looking forward to the new album as soon as that's available. So you be sure and keep in touch and let us know what's going on so we can get you scheduled and get you in here with the uh, with the album when it's ready. Now, I know you got a, re- a uh, rehearsal to go to, so I won't keep you too long. Besides, sitting in airport parking lots isn't always a lot of fun. You probably got a few other things you'd rather be doing than sitting in the airport parking lot, so we're going to let well, you go. At least it's better than trying to navigate directions while I'm doing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I've driven I've driven Phoenix, and unlike Los Angeles, the Phoenix traffic isn't as heavy and congested as uh, the Los Angeles traffic. But I, I don't know them cowboy drivers in Phoenix. I, I don't know some of those guys yeah. out on the freeways there are kind of crazy. <laughs> yep, I agree. But uh, now we're gonna play uh, we're gonna play another cut now, and this one is a Flotsam and Jetsam cut. That was uh, done obviously before you got back with them. Tell them a little. Tell us a little bit about Dreams of Death. Yeah, Dreams of Death. It's, it's the uh, second song off the No Place for Disgrace uh, album, which is pretty much one of their their pinnacle records. And they they re-recorded it in 2014. And uh, I picked this song because it's one of the one of my favorite songs I like to play. So <laughs> even though it's still right. really playing drums, but you get the idea. <laughs> exactly. Now before I let you go. I do want to mention that our engineer, who's kind of keeping things together as much as possible with uh, a couple of little glitches that have popped up here, our engineer uh, told me that he had the pleasure of meeting you some time ago. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Nick is listening in. Nick, if you're listening in, you can uh, pop your mic open and chime in and uh, say hello, because I know you told me you had uh, you've gotten to meet Jason some time ago. Yeah. Hey, Jason. How are you? Hi. How you doing, man? Yeah, uh, man, I was in Chicago, uh, Rosengard, actually, uh, played uh, Sounds of the Underground in 2007 in Milwaukee. I had the opportunity to to meet you and some of the other guys. I'm sure you you don't remember me. It was very brief, but uh, just wanted to say, man, you were very very gracious, and you guys played very, very well. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I remember Sounds of the Underground before, but to be honest with you, Milwaukee, was that at, uh, that was at Eagles, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That's what I thought. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that was a, that was a yeah. great show. Bar tore it up that night. Yeah, that was a good tour. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun. <laughs> well, cool. All I right, miss playing that place. <laughs> All right, great. And uh, thank you for popping in there, Nick. I I know you wanted to say hello to him. Jason, thank you. In the midst of all you're involved in, thank you for taking the time to be with us this afternoon. Tell us a little bit about all that's been happening and give us something Don't to look worry. forward to. You keep in touch. Let us know what's going on, and uh, we'll make a spot for you for that album as soon as it's ready. Sounds good, David. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Jason. That's Jason Bittner, formerly uh, with Shadows Fall, now with the restored uh, 90s metal band Flotsam Jetsam. He's going to be with them on their new album, which is going to be coming out uh, uh, sometime after March. They've scheduled studio time for March, and uh, the album will be shortly after that. And we're going to close this out uh, with a song from Flotsam Jetsam before, before he joined, and uh, it's called Dreams of Death, so let's run it down.
Is that it? <laughs> Pregnant pauses. Well, hey, listen, after something like that, you got to stop and catch your breath anyway. I mean, that's, uh, that's dreams of death. Flotsam and Jetsam, who are returning to the music wars after a, a little bit of a hiatus, and uh, they're returning with one of the one of the best drummers in the rock business, Jason Bittner. And uh, he's coming back after a little bit of a hiatus on his part. It's going to be very interesting. Their new album will be coming out a little bit later this spring. As we mentioned, they'll be in the studios the end of March. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to play the new album when it comes out and share it with you all. I want to take no, a absolutely. moment. To, I want to take a moment to say thank you to uh, all of our guests today, uh, the Bellamy Brothers, and apologize for technical difficulties that. Uh, Precluded us from actually having a chance to sit down and talk with uh, with Howard or David, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get them back on in the very near future uh, because they've got a lot of interesting stuff to say. They just came back off a tour of uh, of Switzerland, and uh, I know they had a lot of fun. They've got some new music they're working on, and definitely would like to be able to get to talk with them. Also, our new indie finds from New York City, Starka Levy. And, of course, the lovely, talented, and sexy Michaela, who has a new disc coming out in, uh, what, less than a week on Valentine's Day. It's called uh, Wake Up Sex. And uh, I guess that was her cat's name, and she was saying, Wake Up, cat? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll wait and see what it sounds like. I do know it's... Uh, uh, leave leave, leave that one alone. That's an awful joke. That was horrible. Just just, just back away calmly and leave that one alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and move on. Well, uh, yeah. it's a uh, it's a Fifty Shades of Grey song, and uh, that'll be coming out on Valentine's Day. Also, of course, we want to thank uh, Jason Bittner for stopping by from the airport in Phoenix and uh, telling us about all that's been going on in his life. And look forward to having him back with his new album as well. Thank you. Last but not least. Our fans and followers and listeners around the world from all the networks that are carrying the show and for those of you uh, who join us on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much. We love each and every one of you. God bless. Be safe. We'll see you next month. John Bon Jovial, take us home. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't forget the David Bowers Awards official T-shirts. They are available right now exclusively at www.thedavidbowers.com, and they're still only $14.30. Simply check out our website, click on your choice, and order direct your official D. David Bowers Awards T-shirt will be shipped directly to you, and uh, it will be available in black or white. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, don't forget the official uh, website again, uh, thedavidbowers.com. The David Bowers Awards is produced by The David Bowers for Stick It In Your Ear Productions from the studios of Computer Help USA in beautiful Naples, Florida, and our new studios in Bullhead City along the Colorado River, Arizona, and is available for free download on Worldwide uh, on Blog Talk Radio, on iTunes, 365 Networks, CMG Global Radio, and B, that's B-E-E-F-M. Click the follow link on our Blog Talk Radio page and like the David Bowers on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 
Be sure to join us for the David Bowers Awards Sunday, March 8th at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific, when our guests will include one of the greatest rock producers ever, Stuart Epps, and the smooth stylings of Lori Diamond and Fred Abatelli plus all the other crazy stuff that we haven't even thought about yet. Uh, Be sure to follow the David Bowers Awards online and find out everything first. Until then, this uh, is John Bon Jovial speaking for the David Bowers and Nick Rogers, our engineer, and all the crew of rejects here at the David Bowers Awards. Peace and love, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you next month.